When Rose Mackenberg died on April 10, 1968, at the age of 76, there were no quadruple-sized headlines like the one for her former boss, Harry Houdini. Even the New York Times, Rose's hometown newspaper, ignored her passing. That didn't mean Rose Mackenberg's life was insignificant. In fact, her career outspanned Houdini's by nine years. But Rose didn't do magic tricks. She learned a far more crucial trade from the great Houdini, how to debunk fraudulent and self-proclaimed psychic mediums. And as well-known as Harry Houdini became for this service, no one can disagree that Rose Mackenberg not only did it longer, she did it better. Whether it's history, crime, or legend, Stephanie Hoover has that story. Rose Mackenberg was born in Brooklyn in 1892 to Russian immigrant parents Louis and Anna Mackenberg. By age 20, she was working as an expert adding and billing machine operator for the city of New York. It was a good, if not challenging, position. Her testimony in a 1919 court case involving the famed retailer Gimble Brothers brought her true calling to light. Rose was a born detective. On December 18, 1918, a young woman by the name of Amanda Carroll entered the Gimble's store at 6th Avenue and Broadway in Manhattan. She was there, she said, to purchase a silver thimble as a Christmas gift for her sister. By sheer coincidence, Rose Mackenberg happened to be waiting near the thimble counter for her roommate, Hattie J. Hager, one of Gimble's store detectives. As Rose waited for the clock to strike six, she was surprised to see Amanda Carroll palm several thimbles right under the clerk's nose. Instinctively, Rose followed Amanda to the basement where she watched the thief wrap the thimbles in a handkerchief and tuck them under her skirt. In her signature measured and confident way, Rose testified to these events in court. Her story was key to helping Gimbel's escape a costly lawsuit filed by Amanda Carroll, who claimed she was unlawfully arrested and detained by the store's staff. Shortly after this experience, Rose took a job as a law clerk in an attorney's office. It was during her tenure here that she encountered Harry Houdini. Like everyone else who met Rose, Houdini saw potential. Unlike everyone else, Houdini offered Rose an opportunity to use her potential to truly make a difference. Houdini had been dismissive of spiritualists since his mother's passing. More than one spiritualist medium promised Houdini he could speak to his beloved mother. None of them delivered. More often than not, these mediums offered wildly inaccurate and preposterous information, usually in fluent English, that his Polish-speaking mother was incapable of delivering. And Houdini knew he was not the only one being hoodwinked. Thousands of grieving and desperate family members were being grifted by men and women whose only power was separating sad and honest people from their hard-earned money. 
Houdini declared war on these charlatans and created, as he called them, his own secret service. In 1924, Rose Mackenberg became his most valuable asset. It's well known that Houdini had a standing $10,000 offer to any medium who could prove he or she had genuine psychic abilities. What was less publicized was Houdini's methods for choosing the mediums he would challenge. The most reliable of these strategies was to send his advance team into a city to study the spiritualists and their operations. Rose was often the key to this intelligence gathering. Rose, you see, had a gift for garb. Her costumes ranged from widow in weeds to frumpy schoolteacher to disabled elderly woman to intoxicated single girl. She bore a striking resemblance to the remarkable character actress Margaret Hamilton of Wizard of Oz fame. I'll get you, my pretty. But she so successfully manipulated her appearance that never once was she made by the medium she studied much to their chagrin. After attending numerous seances, she would report her findings to Houdini. Several weeks later, he would book an appearance in this city and challenge a fraudulent medium to be tested. Suffice it to say, no one ever claimed Harry Houdini's $10,000. Sadly, Houdini died just two years after employing Rose. Still, it was enough time for the two to become close confidants and for him to share with her the ways and means of detecting and proving spiritualist chicanery. It was a career Rose would continue for the next four decades. As times changed, so did the schemes of bogus mediums. In the early days, spiritualist tricksters could rely on simple gags like tipping tables to prove their psychic abilities. As audiences grew more sophisticated, however, they demanded greater proof. By the 1940s, spiritualists were employing chemicals, electricity, and radio transmissions to help them bilk the gullible shut-eyes whose generosity they milked. One such shyster was a New Orleans medium who called himself the Master of the Occult. In his shows, the master would materialize invisible hands and fingers to touch audience members' faces. Rose knew it was a trick, but she couldn't work it out. So she called on a friend, Richard Steele, who was a physicist by training. Together, they solved the mystery. While the master of the occult pointed at someone, he was, with his other hand, squeezing a rubber ball attached to a tube that he held in his pointing hand. The tube emitted carbon dioxide. Heavier than air, it gave the distinct impression of a human touch. At the fraudster's next show, Rose's friend was also rigged with carbon dioxide. Upon realizing his biggest moneymaker was now ruined, the enraged psychic stormed toward Steele. A group of other seance attendees prevented a physical confrontation. Rose told this and many other stories at her speaking engagements. In fact, entertaining large crowds that came to her talks was a good part of her income. But she never stopped helping victims of spiritualist fraud. 
1936, 13 heirs of Mrs. John Steffen went to court to void a $23,000 bequest to the spiritualist Camp Silverbell in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. Rose and a Philadelphia reporter were brought before the jury to demonstrate the sleight of hand and mechanical devices used to dupe Mrs. Steffen into believing the effort of spiritualists possessed psychic powers. Afterward, the judge delivered his decision. Camp Silverbell, said Judge B.C. Attlee, failed to prove it was religious, charitable, or scientific, and therefore had no ethical or legal claim to Mrs. Steffen's estate. In 1940, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania once again called upon Rose Mackenberg, this time to testify in a hearing involving the estate of Augustus T. Lockwood of Philadelphia. Lockwood had died the previous year and left $75,000 to New York's famed Lilydale Assembly of Spiritualists. Specifically, the money would go to Lilydale's Spiritualist College to educate mediums. The Commonwealth contended that such a bequest was contrary to public policy and argued that, since Lockwood died without heirs, his money should revert to the state. Rose was brought in to testify not to the falsity of the spiritualism movement overall, but to the impossibility of educating mediums since, according to Pennsylvania, no such abilities existed. On the stand, Rose made her opinion quite clear. Any third-rate magician would be qualified to call himself a medium, she assured. By the 1950s, Rose was a fairly regular guest on programs as well-known as Steve Allen's Tonight Show. She had written countless articles for magazines and newspapers warning the public about callously deceptive psychics who took advantage of the bereaved. Rose herself, though, never ruled out the possibility that there just might be genuine mediums. I would like to believe in psychic phenomena if I could, she said. I was sincere in my investigations to find it. But in all the investigations that I have made, I have not found any proof. In 2019, more than a half century after her death, the New York Times attempted to correct its failure to create a contemporaneous obituary for Rose in a feature it dubbed Overlooked No More. The truth is, though, that while Rose's death may have passed without fanfare, she was a respected, well-known, intelligent, and tenacious investigator for most of her life. Rose Mackenberg was, and still is, irrefutable proof of the old axiom that behind every great man or magician is one very great woman. Well, that's my story on Rose Mackenberg. I hope you've learned something new and interesting about this remarkable woman. To learn more about this podcast, my books, or my historytainment websites, visit stephaniehoover.com. While there, why not send me a message or connect with me on social media? Until next time, this is Stephanie Hoover thanking you for listening and reminding you, it's a crazy world out there, so please, be well, be happy, and be kind.